Welcome to the Uncle Jimbo Sideshow, a damn near unlistenable business, branding and marketing podcast thingy. By listening to the intro, you're contractually obligated to have $29.99 per month coming out of your bank account via draft. Don't try unsubscribing. His legal staff is bloodthirsty and damped up and ready to sue the pants off all challengers. Now, enjoy the show. Hey, people, and welcome to this episode of the Uncle Jimbo Sideshow. Uh, today we have Kyrie Oliver of Influx.com. Um, I follow Kyrie around Facebook. I'm one of his, uh, I'm one of the lurkers that, that watches what he does. Um, I'm, I'm a secret fanboy. Um, and, if, and if you're not a secret fanboy of, of Kyrie, you need to be because he's a great dude and does some, some really cool stuff. So, um, Kyrie, tell the people about yourself and what you do, and um, you know what turns on your what turns on your light bulb. Yeah, I appreciate it, man. Well, first of all, thank you for having me on. Yeah, uh, I appreciate you being here. Connected for a while, but haven't haven't been able to really chat yet. So, yeah. um, I, I'm finding, I guess, first of all, I'm finding what I do to become harder, and it's becoming harder and harder to to just like succinctly say. So, I own a marketing company. Um, but I'm very open and honest about the fact that I don't really identify as a marketer. My life doesn't look like that of a marketer. I, I don't usually talk like most marketers that we listen to and that we hear all the time. Right. Um, I'm very much into people. I, I like people. I like human interaction. I like how we uh, observe ourselves, observe the world around us. And I was able to kind of match that up with marketing. But I, I'd say marketing is like 2% of me and what I do and what I'm interested in. It's more of a skill set. So um, something I've done very well at is marketing, but uh, my background's in sports. I was a division one football player in college. Um, uh, yeah, most of my life really exists outside of it. I'm, I'm really right now obsessed with and uh, writing my first book on like manhood masculinity and really like my exploration of what that's looked like and how I've built uh, my view of manhood, adulthood, everything around that. Um, I tied a little bit in with business. I'm real big on, uh, authenticity, integrity within business. Um, so yeah, I, I guess there's just a lot that goes into it, but my main business is I, I do online marketing. Cool. Cool. The, the book about, about masculinity, do you, do you feel that that's going to be a, a difficult subject now that the, the, the toxic masculinity, uh, movement has kind of gone apeshit? Yeah, I'm a, I've never been one to go with the flow. And so along with that, part of the book is me kind of re-clarifying what masculinity is supposed to look like and bring a more well-rounded view to masculinity and saying really that what we would call the toxic masculine, I'd say that's not masculine at all. I'd say that's not even adult behavior. That's, that's incredibly childlike behavior. And I think it should be thrown out of the definition of masculine. I, I don't think toxic masculinity is masculinity at all. I, I say it's bullshit and that's, we should just call it that. I, I agree. I, I think, I think toxic masculinity is, is a, is a blanket term that they're using for narcissism. Yeah. It's um, for bad behavior. Yeah. And, and, and it's it, narcissism and bad behavior knows no sexual bounds. Exactly. Um, and it, it knows no cultural bounds. Um, there are just people like that. And I think it does a disservice 
to to men and the masculine in general to you know to qualify these people as masculine exactly um, so no i i totally i dig that man yep i appreciate it man. yeah that's it's something i'm very uh adamant about and something that's talked about quite often in my book is they're basically i want to throw them all out of the clubhouse the toxic masculine is not masculine it's it's something else let's call it something else i don't know what we need to call it but it's not masculinity in my eyes no um and i also kind of i basically pose that the super like what we would call like the hyper masculine the overly aggressive the toxic masculine the quote-unquote alpha in my book, I kind of explained to them, you're just as bad as those meek, weak, get stepped on type of guys that you dislike. You're, you're just as, if not more toxic than you believe those guys are. And sometimes to the, the man who's been stepped on, the man who doesn't feel like he has his power, that he's able to stand on his own two feet or be who he's supposed to be, I challenge them a little bit as well in saying by doing that, you open yourself up to subverting yourself and becoming a little bit of a snake, which I've seen quite a bit. And I think we see it more and more now, uh, especially with online dating, um, not being your truth self with women or pointing at the overly aggressive masculine men and saying, how dare they, how horrible are they? Meanwhile, you're doing things that are just as toxic. It's a little bit more undercover. Yeah. And I basically pose that they're both just as bad. You're just as bad as the type of men that you hate. Why don't we come towards the middle and have a more well-rounded view of masculinity? Well, I mean, the thing is, I, I think that masculinity exists regardless of these people. Um, you know, the, the, the very weak and the, the quote unquote strong alpha, you know, it, it exists whether or not they you know, whether or not they subscribe to what it really is. Um, you know, I th- but I think that it, again, man, a lot of disservice is being done to masculinity. Very much. Um, and, and it's, it's unfortunate because, you know, we need the masculinity. We need the masculinity as much as we need the feminine, you know, we need, we need the evil and we need the good. Um, you know, it, it, you have to have both sides of everything to make, you know, to balance. Yeah. Um, then, you know, I, I think that by attempting to do away with, with masculinity in a lot of ways, we're really setting ourselves up for a, a huge, huge problem because then it just, it crushes one way. Um, mm-hmm. And that's, you know, historically as a race, that's not a good thing. No. And I think we're also just, we're further exacerbating an issue that already exists. When you, when you look at how many households grow up without a father, and that's, that was my experience. I talk about that in the beginning of my book, not having that one singular male figure to say, this is what manhood looks like. Right. I had to go find it. Like I, I talk about about 17 different men throughout my life that I've pulled pieces of manhood masculinity from, and that's helped paint my view of what it looks like by taking masculinity out of children's lives from an early age and then also shaming them for masculine behavior later on in life you're further castrating men you're making men want to be the more meek weak and again the subvert snake type of men i i just don't find it to be healthy i find it to exacerbate an already existing issue when we should be combating that already existing issue instead 
It's crazy, man. It's crazy. And this, the, this day and age is, is everybody's just so up in arms against everybody else. And mm-hmm. it's, it's sad. It's, it's sad to see everybody so angry with everybody else. Yeah. Um, and, and so ready to blame everybody else. Um, yeah, it's just, it's, it's not, it's not healthy. It's not productive. Um, and it, it, it doesn't push our society forward in any way to, you know, to name names and, and point fingers and everybody else is the problem and everybody else is so awful. Yeah. Um, you know, and the truth is we're not, nobody really is. I mean, there's, you know, there's certainly outliers in the world. Um, you know, just by law of numbers, you're going to have some really bad people, but you know, by law of numbers, we're a pretty damn cool race. Um, yeah. A cool species. And, um, yeah, why can't we just let ourselves be actually cool as we are? Yeah. You know, why does, why does everybody get butt hurt over it all? <laughs> I think you kind of hit it there. Like we're, is we're genuinely good as like, we're generally good as people. Um, it's something that's interesting right now because the loudest portions of people in these arguments are the, you know, the majority 5% on one side and the 5% on the other side of the spectrum. We're watching them combat with each other, but that's really like, I don't think we realize how small of a section of the population that is. Maybe it's not even 5% to 5%. It may be 2% and 2%. It's such a small, like, representation but they're a very loud representation which makes them seem bigger well and i and i think that the media you know that that's the media sells stories yeah and and that's a story they know they can sell so they whip up a frenzy because they know that it will sell news and it's you know it's a manipulation tactic it's um and it's bullshit. Ultimately, it's bullshit. We're not as bad as we're being told we are. But so that's where I think personal responsibility comes in. That's what the media is supposed to do. That's what they get paid for. I don't expect different from them. What I do expect different from is the people who are actually buying into it and saying, oh, this is real. Be like, let's think a little bit more. Let's, let's let our brains do some of the work for us as opposed to just, and I talk about it all the time, regurgitating what you heard on the news last night. I watched, I remember I, w- I went to Austin at the beginning of October and I watched five minutes of the news in the airport on accident. And I, worst thing I could possibly do. I haven't watched the news since I was in high school. Yeah. I watched five minutes of that and I was like, oh, I don't know how everybody's not screaming, like running around screaming with their heads cut off. Cause that's what the news makes it seem like. Yeah. It's the end of the world. It's the end of the All world. All of us are crazy. My, my stepdad even. <laughs> we were just i just went back home for uh for thanksgiving and i was talking to him about uh wanted to take my girlfriend to portland for new year's and I've, I've heard they have amazing fireworks up there and he's like oh no portland's like a war zone right now i was like really that doesn't sound like portland oregon to me like i love that city it's i've never experienced that he's like well with all the antifa people over there you know they're causing riots and they're they're doing whatever I text three of my friends who live in Portland. They're like, I'm downtown right now having breakfast. Nothing, yeah. nothing's going on. Yeah. But all he knows, my parents live in the middle of nowhere in Utah, like not even Salt Lake City. They live three hours south, middle of nowhere. They live in a town of 400 people. My stepdad gets all of his information online, and that's all media. Even yeah. if it's the conspiracy sites that he watches and stuff like that, yeah. that's still a form of media. You're getting an agendified 
version of what's going on where, and I could tell he really believed I could tell like my mom, my mom was genuinely concerned that I was going to take my girlfriend to Portland. And she was asked, she was like, Kyrie, how are you going to protect her from that many people? I'm like, I'm I'm not. People in Portland are nice. (laughs) People are okay. Not this weird war zone that you believe it is. Yeah. But I mean, that's, it's that way all around the country. You know, the, you, if you pay attention to what's, you know, in the news, you would think that, you know, cities are on fire and, you know, cop cars are getting turned over and, you know, barricades knocked down and, you know, all this looting and and crazy shit in the street. Yeah. And it might happen every once in a while, but by and large people out there just want to get along. They just Mm -hmm. want to have a good life and let everybody else have a good life. Mm -hmm. It's, we're not, I don't think we're as bad as, again, I don't think we're as bad and I don't think we're as bad off as we're being told we are. No. So when we speak about narcissism, there's that other end of the spectrum too is, I don't think we're as bad as we think we are. And then for a lot of people, and especially when we talk about the online space, I don't think we're as good as we think we are sometimes. Yeah, I totally agree. It allows us to believe that we're some incredible, like uh, this, this out of the norm type of being. But nowadays everybody believes are that. Yeah. So when everybody's that, then really everybody's normal at the end of the day. Yeah. It, it, there's, I think it just goes on both sides. I think it's delusion on both sides. I think people are just out of touch and it's because we're allowed to be and we're we're kind of in some ways told to be. Yeah. Yeah. It's strange, man. Social media is a strange thing. I mean, I'm, I'm 47 years old. So I remember, I remember very firmly the days before any of this was around, you know, before, I mean, you would, you would get six o'clock news. You might pick up a newspaper. Um, You know, you didn't have a bombardment of, you know, advertise. I mean, you had advertising, but it's not the same as it is now. I mean, now it's just, it's everywhere. It's just absolutely everywhere. Um, and you know, what's, what's weird too about the media and and about the news is, you know, I'm going to seek out the news that, that is interesting to me. I'm going to seek out the people who I, I jibe with, um, to, and, and trust to deliver me the news. So I'm, I'm purposely choosing essentially false news because yeah. I'm, I'm only choosing it from my paradigm. I'm not, I'm not really picking a, a truly subjective uh, source because I don't think they exist anymore, first off, mm-hmm. or truly objective source. Yeah. Yeah. Um, you know, I don't think they exist anymore, but, I, you know, we all do it because we're, you know, we're all creatures of, of our own paradigm and our own thinking. So we yeah. naturally seek out the news that relates to us. And then we're bombarded by it. You know, it used to be you get a couple of news stories a day. Now you can get thousands. Um, get anything ever. I mean, we all have gone down those rabbit holes on YouTube before. Oh, yeah. You get fixated on a certain yeah. thing. And all of a sudden, like you find out, Michael Jackson was really an alligator. Yeah. And, like you can yeah. you can go down whatever rabbit hole you want to get to the end goal that you you'd like. And, and yeah, to to gain objectivity, you have to find somebody who's truly disinterested, and that's incredibly difficult to find. Yeah. You find somebody who literally benefits nothing from you thinking a certain thing. Yeah. Everybody's gonna benefit from making you feel a certain way about something. Yeah. How do you? I mean, how do you? How do you drum that out, though? I mean, where where do you find legitimate level news? 
Yeah. I just, I don't think it exists. I think, I think that's something that's, again, personal responsibility coming back in. When you know you lean towards a different way, this is something that, it's, it's not shocking. I, I wanted to say it was shocking. Um, it, it's, I don't know the word to use. Maybe it'll, maybe it'll make sense as soon as I say it. I find that there's not enough people who, f- who watch outlets and think about things and read things that are contrary to what they believe mm. and can find value in that. I watch things so often that I like fundamentally disagree with, but I want to understand how they think. And I, I've now built it to a point where I can pretty much understand anybody's side just throughout life. I mean, take politics aside, but just throughout life. I get where you're coming from. I can have my own opinions, but I can also see the thought process that got you to the point you're at. Yeah. And I think that's important. And that's something we don't do very often. We surround ourselves with people who agree with us yeah. and it's just not helpful. Like <laughs> how are you going to grow if you're just talking to people who think the same thing you think? It becomes a circle jerk. It, it you know, it's, and 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 it like you said i think it's just it's fruitless i don't think you you know you don't your mind doesn't expand if you only think one thing your entire life Mm -hmm. um and that's just simple mathematics yeah and if you and you've had that thing validated by everybody around you there's so many when you think about the people who live in some backwoods ass county where they've never seen a person who looks different than them, their view of what I would be walking through there is so much different than who I am or, or when you first meet me versus anything else. They only understand what they've seen and the stories they've been told by other people. They've never experienced anything new or different or outside of what they currently believe. I, I, try, like, I consciously go out and find things that I disagree with and that I've never experienced yet because I think it makes me a well, more well-rounded person. There's also the majority of people who I, I don't want to change how I think about things. Why would I do that? It's not comfortable. Right. There's a lot of people out there that also feel entitled to their opinion. Um, and yeah, I mean, and that, that probably sounds bad, but I think there are a lot of people out there that, that revel in being, and they're quite fucking sure that they're right. Yep that they're absolutely right and that everybody else is wrong. Yeah. I, but I do, again, I think that's such a small percentage of this population. I think the majority of people out there, I think, again, they just want to get along. Yeah. They just want to get along and have a good life and leave everybody else to have a good life. Um, but, you know, we can't, that's not profitable, man. You can't, you can't no. market to those types of people. Yeah, but I think that's what people are doing now. <laughs> You're trying to change everybody's mind. You're trying to make everybody think the way you think. Because I, I think there's a vast, it's a big majority of people who believe they're right. It's a small majority or, or small percentage of people who will then go and say, if you don't believe what I believe, you're wrong, you're stupid, you're evil, you're whatever. That's the popular, like, that's the type of person that's toxic. That's the type of person that we need to be aware of and, and very wary of and stay very clear of. Yeah. Because I can believe what I believe. There's certain things that you believe that I just don't. Yeah. You and I can still have a decent conversation and we don't have to disrespect each other. And we, and we can get along for the next 20 years without ever having like some humongous, gigantic disagreement over something that at the end of the day doesn't really impact either of our lives. Yeah. I, talk, I 
talk to friends about that. So I grew up right outside of San Francisco. And I have so many of my friends who talk about how Donald Trump is the most evil person in the world. He's the worst thing that's ever happened in this country. And I ask the people who love him and who hate him the same exact question is, how has your life specifically changed since he's become president? And the answer, if I get an honest answer, the answer is 99% of the time, zero. Yeah. For most of the population, your life has never been better or worse because he's been the president of the United States. Nope. Same thing with Barack Obama. You may have felt better about it, but nothing that he's implemented has changed your life in a drastic way. Maybe gas prices. <laughs> That's just about it. Yeah, except for in California. Just don't go to California. Gas prices. <laughs> so. Cool. Cool. Uh, if you're ready, man, let's hop into these five questions and uh, see if I can't upset your mind or uh, at least start some more conversation. I'm excited. Cool. All right. Question number one. Would you call yourself punk in any way? Punk? Punk. Like the culture? Yeah. No. You don't think so? Punk. No, I would call myself a punk in some ways. Yeah, yeah, I definitely, I fit that bill. But I think the punk culture, no, I'm, I'm in many ways the exact opposite of that. Do you, do you consider yourself an individual, a, a fierce individual? Yes. Then you're punk. Is that what that means? I think so. So I guess the way that I've associated it is more of on the individual leaning towards the antisocial side. And that's the part that I would say I don't associate with. Yeah. See, I, I, don't, I don't necessarily think that punk is antisocial. I think punk, punk is more anti-society. Um, but there's a big difference between society and social. Um, punk is a very social thing. Um, you know, it's, it's usually friends and, and all that sort of stuff. And it, but it is fiercely individual. Mm-hmm. Um, at least at its kernel and at its, at its real core. So um, I don't know. It, it's strange. I've asked every, every podcast guest uh, some flavor of that, of that question. Um, and honestly, the majority of people that I, I speak to, I do consider punk in a lot of ways um, because there is um, amongst, especially my Facebook friends and, and a lot of the circles that I run in a lot of very individual people. Yeah. that that do what they do uh because it's what they do and it's who they are mm-hmm. um and in a lot of ways they don't give a flying fuck if anybody likes it or not um and that's that's punk i mean that is exactly. that's punk i'm, I'm more of a, a counterculture view of of what punk would be um just based on past experience or, or people who are like outwardly identify as that or when you look at like punk rock music it's very uh against society so uh, maybe it's that it's like the anti-society side that i would say i don't identify with but the fiercely individual it's just it's who i am it's nothing i have control over yeah yeah i I don't know any other way to be it's no other way i would want to be i I enjoy being my weird ass self i love it so, all right. Number two, what is the best part about what you do? Best part about what I do. I, I think I get to be fiercely individual. I've crafted my business and my life in a way that I don't need to be a different version of me, no matter who I'm around. 
This is literally the same person who I, my family is on my Facebook. So all the crazy shit I say on Facebook is what I say at Thanksgiving with my family too. Yeah. Same thing for in business meetings. Like I'm just, I've, I've built a business and a life where I can just be this all day long. I don't have to put on my business voice. I don't have to put on my super extra happy smile when I'm not feeling it. I'm just able to be this and I don't have to pretend. And I, I love that piece of it. That's awesome. That's awesome. And, and you know, I think at, at its core, that's probably what we're really all after mm-hmm. is being able to just be ourselves, get paid to be ourselves and, you know, live happily ever after. Yeah. All right. Number three. And I, I did I, this question is because I checked out your profile a little bit more in depth. Um, what makes a great dog? Great dog. Cause it looks like you've got some, some good looking pups on there. I love my dogs. <laughs> um, they have to have dynamic personalities. Each one of my dogs has a very distinct personality and they're all very different. They're all very challenging in their own ways as well. My Husky's super smart, but super stupid in some ways. He's like, he's a blonde for sure, but he's gorgeous. He's one of the, like, he's a dog who he'll come up and want you to pet him until you want to pet him. And then he's not interested anymore. Yeah. He, like he's the hot girl at the bar. My girlfriend's Cocker Spaniel. He's an asshole. He, that, that dude is a dick. He and I, I was just telling some, I was on a podcast this morning and I was telling the guy like my girlfriend's Cocker Spaniel. When I first started going over to her apartment, if I sat down on the bed, he would pee on the bed. If I used a pillow, he would pee on the pillow. If I went to the bathroom, he would piss in front of her toilet. That dog hated me and still, if I get up in the middle of the night and go to the bathroom, guaranteed 10 times out of 10, he is in my spot on the bed when I get back and he will growl and snarl at me before like until I move him out of the way and lay down. That's crazy. He's a dickhead. But again, they're all like, they're so dynamic. So I'd say the only dog, the only type of dog I couldn't have is I would say a genuinely hateful dog. Cause my, like my girlfriend's dog does it because he's trying to protect her. Right. I think a genuinely like hateful dog or a boring dog. I couldn't do a boring dog. Yeah. Yeah. I have, I have the most phenomenally unphenomenal dog you'll ever meet. Mm-hmm. My dog is so boring that he's endlessly fascinating. I love those as friends dogs. Yeah. Like if I go to a friend's house and their dog will just sit next to me and I can pet it, it would be great. I love that. My dogs, they need to be crazy. Yeah, yeah. Our dog's named Earl. He's, he's a good dog. He sounds like a, a, a lazy dog. He's pretty, he's, he's pretty chill, and he's never pooped in the house, not once. Wow. You had him since a puppy? Yeah. Yep. Wow. A good dog. Wish he's, I could say that. Yeah, he's, a, he's A-OK. <laughs> that's, that's the best kind of dog, man, for me, is the ones that don't poop. Yep. Because I do not, uh, I don't tolerate feces very well in the house. Um, yeah, I've got five kids. I've, I've lived enough feces in my life. All right. Question number four. Um, if you, if you could give up one part of your business, what would, what would you give up? Like one part I don't enjoy doing. Yeah. I mean, it, it can be something you don't enjoy doing or something that, you know, is, is just a part of your business that you could just do without. Hmm. Part of my client management side, for sure. Hmm. I have some, a few very needy clients 
who I'll, I'll get like five messages <laughs> from them and they all need an answer right now. <clears throat> um, to them, I, I usually explain it as like, it's like teachers in school that forget that you have other classes to go to. Like when they pile on the homework, yes. like, hey lady, I got six other classes. that are going to do the same thing to me. Yep. What are you trying to do to me? Yep. yep. It's, I would say part of that portion of it, but for, even with that, for the most part, I still really enjoy working with my clients. Yeah. Yeah. It's, it's hard. And I know that, that you and I run in a lot of the same circles and it's, you know, this, this whole thing of building relationships and being very careful about who you filter and who you let in. Um, but I've been doing this for 20 years and, and in those 20 years, it's made me realize that no matter how hard you work up front, you sometimes will get people through the, through the filter that they don't quite fit. And, and for me, a lot of times it is those types of people the type of people that don't really respect a boundary of, you know, Oh, James, James didn't respond to my email in 10 seconds. He's, you know, he must be out of town. Um, no, it's, you know, I waited 20 seconds to respond to your email. Um, you know, people that they've got to have it right now and it doesn't matter what else is going on and you've got no other clients, but them because they gave you a check. Damn it. And, and luckily I'm to the point now where, you don't need any single client in order to make your business work. Right. And when I first started off and I, I'm very open with it, I took on anybody. Mm. If you were willing to pay me, I was willing to take on your project because I needed to, like I had bills to pay <laughs> I have to live. So yes, I'll take on your project. We're now three years, a little bit over three years later. Um, it was like, yeah, it was three years, November 14th that I've been doing what I do now with the marketing side. I'm to a point where I can, pick and choose who I want to work with. And even if I start working with somebody and then they become kind of the annoying client, it's a quick email for me to say, I don't care to work with you anymore. Yeah. I'll also be respectful and offboard you in a way that, you know, in the way that you don't lose momentum and we're not like totally screwing up your business or I'll refer you to somebody else who's willing to take on your project, but I don't have to work with any specific person. Yeah. I like that. Yeah, that's good. That's, that's been one of the, the nicer things about having the internet is and, and marketing uh, in that manner is that it gives you a lot, a lot larger client base to choose from. Mm -hmm. um, and there's, there's not so much fear of, Oh God, if I don't take that client, we're going to starve next week. Uh, I think also like the, uh, and it goes more for people like myself and yourself who were okay being us online. It's, it sets expectations. Clients know what they're going to get before they ever sign up with me. You take one look at my timeline. Look at my last three statuses that I post and you're probably going to get a good view of who I am as a person. Yeah. You're going to say, if you go look at my most engaging posts, you see what I value. My most engaging posts are, are like the truest to me or where I've shared the truest pieces of myself. Yeah. Yeah. I just, I pray that none of my clients ever find my Facebook wall. <laughs> you know what I get up to over there. It's never very pretty. <laughs> Give them a false name. No, no. I used to. Um, this is my current Facebook account is only about two years old. I used to have a fake name and caused all I sorts never, of troubles. So I saw you post a while, probably quite a while ago, about telling what the PM in your name stands for, and I never got the post that explained it. There is no post that actually explains it. What the fuck, dude? Sorry, man. That's that's uh, that's private information. I I will tell you after we stop recording, but I can't tell you on 
on a broadcast. Is it premenstrual? No. Oh, okay. no. No, it's it, sadly enough the the truth behind it is is way weirder than you think it is. I'm so excited now. Yeah. Yeah, so so yeah, definitely, you know, once we're done recording here, you'll you'll get the the full information. Okay, sounds good. And if you tell anybody, I have a crazy crazy good effective legal team um and we will come after you. Never so, in my life. Okay. Pinky promise. All right, number five, and this is always the hardest one. This is this is the question that has gotten me cursed out numerous times. Um, but I'm going to ask it anyway, and, and I hope that we can still be friends afterwards. Um, what is the least favorite thing that you eat regularly? The least favorite thing? Yeah. Like the thing I don't enjoy eating that I eat? Yeah, but you still have to, you still eat it. Nothing. I'm an adult. I live by myself. Well, with my girlfriend. So nothing. That's awesome. Yeah. You're, you're, you're a lucky man. You know what I hate? And I eat it all the damn time. Mashed potatoes. Why do you eat them? Because my wife makes them. Tell her uh, you don't want to eat them. That, yeah, uh, I, I usually just eat a little tiny bit. But yeah, I mean, I got, dude, I'm a, I'm a big guy. Married yet. I don't have to do the married oblig- like obligatory things. And I do most of the cooking. Because I like genuinely enjoy cooking. So we pretty much eat what I want to eat most of the time you're a lucky man see i've right. got a i've got a wife and five kids so yeah. i rarely get to eat what i really want so. see you asked me that in 10 years the answer will probably be different like those fucking mashed potatoes i want to throw them <laughs> out the i hate them man i i fucking hate mashed potatoes i and i don't know she loves them she loves them she can i mean she could sit down with a like a giant pot of mashed potatoes and eat the whole thing my girlfriend uh, sit so for christmas last year I bought my girlfriend $30 of the instant mashed potatoes from the grocery store because she loves them that much. That was one, like, I kept asking her what she wanted for Christmas. That's one of the things that was, she told me at least four times that's what she wanted for Christmas. So one of her presents, I filled up a stocking full of instant mashed potatoes, and she loved it. That's hilarious. That's insane. Yeah, yeah we, that's the, we go through more potatoes than any other thing in this house. Yeah. It's it's nuts. And I hate them. I hate them. I like sweet potatoes. Who punches you out for this step for this question? I, I was just kidding. It's oh, the, okay. the number five is always kind of a layup. It's, it's always the dumbest question of the lot. It's, I've got to keep, I got to make sure that this podcast is very valuable, you know? Amen. Uh, got to know what people eat. Yeah. So we, we know that Kyrie Oliver's girlfriend likes instant mashed potatoes. Yes. And Kyrie does what the fuck he wants. Yeah. Which is That's good. So uh, next, and uh, you, I'm gonna I'm gonna seek you out and come to your house, and you're gonna make me dinner sometime. I'm down you with no some, fuck no fucking mashed potatoes. We'll do some bison and some. Do you like bacon and Brussels sprouts? Oh yeah. Ooh, bacon and Brussels sprouts with some Parmesan on top. <laughs> now you're making me hungry. The good news is it's it's Taco Tuesday, so I know that as soon as I'm done here, I get to walk out and eat a bunch of tacos. Ooh, so, we might be going to get some tacos tonight. Yeah, it's, it's that day, man. Tuesday. Yeah. It, well, what, it, it, one amazing thing is I live right next door to a butcher, mm. so I get some amazing stuff just planted at my doorstep. Sometimes that's awesome. I'm so happy about it. Yeah. <laughs> You're living the life, man. You're living the life. Cool. Well, um, now's the portion where I ask you to either uh, promo yourself or drop some value or uh, tell a joke, do whatever you want to do. The, the floor is yours for as long as you want. I got nothing. 
fuck you guys. Um, hey, that works too. Yeah, I got a book coming out. I, I do marketing. If that's something you're interested in, in, in getting help with, whether it's done for you or done with you. Mm-hmm. Besides that, go on my timeline and, I don't know, talk shit. Say you agree with me, you disagree with me. Message me, tell me I'm an asshole. I'm cool with all of it. I like, I like convert. Again, I like human behavior. However you interact with me is going to show me a lot about who you are. Um, so I, I take it all and I enjoy it all. Cool. What's the, what's the best link for people to find you? Uh, my personal Facebook page, like to add me as a friend. Um, and if you do add me as a friend, send me a message as well. Uh, I don't look at my friend request very often. I'm I think like right at the maximum, but if you send me a personalized message, I'll make sure you get it because you took the time to do it. Um, that's facebook.com slash Kyrie Oliver 94, I believe is my personal Facebook page or send me an email. I don't, I check my email once a day. So good luck getting to me there quickly. Um, but that's Kyrie Oliver 94 at gmail.com. Again, but just message me on Facebook much better. Cool. Cool. And I'll, uh, the, I'll drop a link to your Facebook profile in the, in the show notes and, uh, also a link to your business uh, website. So people can check you out and buy your shit. Perfect though. Cool. All right, Kyrie, this has been awesome, man. I really appreciate it. Um, this is, this has been a good one and I've, I've really been wanting to talk to you for quite a while now. I've, I've certainly seen you around and I've stalked your profile and stalked your stuff. So, um, now I'm going to feel a little bit more comfortable coming on and harassing you and <laughs> dropping a uh, semi, uh, offensive posts all over everything that you do from here on out. So excited. Yes. That's good. Yeah. Yeah. Careful what you wish for buddy. Once you, uh, once you turn on the Jimbo faucet, it doesn't go off very easily. See, luckily with, with my community as it's, as it's getting right now, you'll have, if you post something crazy, you'll have some of my other friends, hopping on your face more than more than i will all right good i just i I, i'm taking that as a challenge all right i'm excited i've I've made that mistake before and commented something on somebody's status that i know and their friends don't know me and so they didn't get it and i was i was harassed online for that i love it i love being harassed online (laughs) so Awesome. Well, Kyrie Oliver, thank you again, man. This has been great. Um, I'd love to have you back again and we can talk, uh, talk masculinity and books and marketing and, and dogs and, uh, Brussels sprouts again. I love it, man. Thank you again. No mashed potatoes though. No, I fuck those things, man. (laughs) Shit's for crazy people. All right. Thank you, Kyrie. Really appreciate it, buddy. Thank you for listening to the Uncle Jimbo Sideshow. To learn a bit more about today's delightful guest, be sure to check the show notes. If you'd like to discuss marketing, branding, and other dirty words with Uncle Jimbo, please visit jamespmgaffney.com. Don't forget to subscribe and rate and all that stuff. Again, this man has a legal team you do not want to play with. (laughs) 